0: That's Chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: The Raiders is a team that we don't care for.
2: Something. Something. Brocco. <laughs> Lord Lattimore Volk. Jess Place. And Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com. <laughs> in. Complete. <laughs> You have tuned in to Something Something Broncos. I'm Jess Place. Joining me this evening, Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. Uh, Today, Something Something Broncos is brought to you by the Denver Broncos Mentorship Academy. Out of business since 2018. (laughs) Yes! Yes! So, OTAs officially underway. Uh, all sorts of uh, things happening. Uh, there's all sorts of press conferences and quotes and and people talking, and we're all listening. And um, this is where I pitch it over to Tim. He's uh, had a keen eye on all the things that are happening in OTAs. And um, Tim, what are you seeing at OTAs?
0: I'm not seeing much, Jess. <laughs> All right, I in well, California,
2: something, something, Broncos. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm Jeff Place, Lauren more and as, as always, the very loquacious.
0: You caught me off guard with that. I'm like, I'm not seeing shit. I'm not there.
1: <laughs> Tim, Tim is the Vic Fangio of MHR.
2: <laughs> I'm not doing that. So OTAs are uh, underway in uh, Dove Valley. At the uh, UC Health uh, Center, there, um, everybody, <laughs> <ruin> it. <laughs> stop it! Stop! You're ruining! You're ruining everything, no <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I'm I am done laughing.
2: So all of Broncos country is super excited about Joe Flacco and his elite level of play that he is bringing to the Denver Broncos. Uh, he's had a lot to say with his uh, about his new home, his new coordinator.
0: Uh, Tim sounds like Flacco's feeling comfortable with the system. Uh, it's not a whole lot different from Kubiak's, uh, system in Baltimore in 2014. Uh, he said that the, you know, there's similarities, the, the, how the plays are called and the lingo. Um, obviously it's a different offense, but, uh, he's picking up, picking it up fast and he's, he's liking what, what is bringing to the table offensively. Uh, so, you know, we're just i think i'm excited i want to see what it looks like especially when it when training camp hits and we actually start to actually see videos you know and and actually see things happen be on the field something he said that about scangarello that i think it's going to be underappreciated um but it's probably the the biggest thing that he could have said about scangarello out of the gates and it also shows that scangarello's system is going to be based on the strengths of the players not whatever he's got written on his freaking clipboard and and trying to put everybody into that box you know so what Flacco said on on monday about scangarello was um on working with him he said i think honestly it's a lot of me talking and a lot of him seeing what i've done throughout my career and how that fits into this offense and then going through the clips and seeing the timing of things and how it works out because he has plenty of film Uh, on all these plays these guys have run obviously the quarterback is the quarterback they take ownership of it and the plays this guy didn't hit his route a ton but this guy has the ability to hit this route a lot more than that guy obviously things get catered to the quarterback a little bit right now it's just trying to learn the rhythm of the offense and the timing of your feet in the arm and the guys getting out of their breaks when you hear rich talk about that and you watch it get done on film and you're able to get out there on the practice field you start putting it all together in your brain and walk yourself through it and it gets really comfortable i mean what when i read that whole thing and you you know you can go find the quote but it says that the things that he does well Skangarello is finding ways to make sure that gets into the into the system that's getting put out there and it's getting tailored to what the quarterback does well, and what the receivers do, do well, what the running backs do well, and then putting it all together so it all is just functional and strong. And and so I'm excited to see that. That quote alone has me so excited to see what's going on in training camp, and then in preseason, and and all that stuff. So, um, I don't know. That's that was probably the biggest takeaway I had from from anything said about Scangarello. And when you, we talk about the past, you know. Bill Musgrave and Mike McCoy, and you know, I don't remember ever feeling like they were. I just didn't feel like they had a. No, but they all
1: said it. I, I'm with you. They all said that we're gonna we're gonna play to the players' (laughs) strengths, and none of them. They didn't. They did the opposite. Not even (laughs) close. No.
0: (laughs) But the way the way Flacco described it, it's like it's more. It just yeah. That's why I read the quote exactly. It was not like canned it was very very well out. yeah yeah so i i don't know i feel different about scangarello and he's the biggest unknown if you really look at every all the changes nobody freaking knows what how well he's going to be <laughs> as an offensive coordinator so you know that's that's kind of where i was at with with the things that happened this week so far that that's come out um obviously there's the chris harris jr stuff but you know we're we're, we're going to be covering that like crazy on the site anyway so I don't really I don't really want to rehash that it's, it depresses me honestly
1: Well, <laughs> back to Flacco a lot of players are also saying really great things about him and they're saying things about his football not his leadership or whatever
0: um, mentorship
1: <laughs> I mean it always comes up too because he is a you know he's a, a, a veteran he, he is kind of a natural leader but they're talking about what a good quarterback he is. Jeff Hireman gave him but, a, lot of, a lot of praise, too.
0: There's a caveat. After three years of Simeon Lynch and Keenum, Joe Flacco's <laughs> going to look like a fucking god, okay?
1: <laughs> That's true. That's you That's know. true. So, but
0: it's nice but I'm when, excited too.
1: <laughs> when they're all... Like, some of the things they're saying um, seem to be kinda of like kind of like the scanderella quote, like genuinely um excited about positive, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Now but and, are and, they but... excited because it's genuinely exciting or are they excited because it's it's just different from like the the fair <laughs> yeah, of last year. Well,
1: week. it could be. I mean only time will tell. We'll see if uh <laughs> we'll see how Flacco does. But Well, I, I know how I his... feel,
0: you know. With Drew Locke being drafted, normally that would be like, oh, Drew Locke, Drew Locke, but it's not. I'm Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco. So I don't know. From just me personally, I'm more excited about Flacco than I am Locke right now.
1: I'm excited that they're seemingly doing this the smart way. Flacco is the starter, the unequivocal starter. We're not going to have a competition. We're not going to maybe see if possibly Locke is farther along than we think. He is developing this year. Flacco's the starter. And depending on how this year goes will depend what happens next year. So they both know they're playing. Drew Locke is is trying to do everything he can to be good enough to play next year. And Flacco's doing everything he can to be good enough to keep playing next year. And hopefully both of those scenarios mean far better quarterback play than we've seen in years. Three, to be exact.
0: I liked everything Flacco had to say, uh, but that's really all I have to go on so far because, you know, the media is not asking Scangarolo questions that interest me right now.
2: What questions would you ask, Tim? Because you, you seem very down on, on the questions that have been asked. Like, what do you want to know?
0: How his scheme works, how he's going to, you know, what kind of play calling he's going to have in game and just stuff like that. Right now, I don't really care. Oh, what would you think of Drew Locke? You know, what, is, what is Drew Locke doing? What is Drew Locke doing right now? How about Drew Locke? What do you think of Drew Locke? I don't care. Drew Locke isn't going to play for two years, hopefully. I want to know what he's going to do in 2019. So if you want to know what I want to know, I want to know what's going to happen this year.
1: But they're not just. really going to tell us that anyway, right? They're not going to – he's not going well, to unveil his bullshit scheme.
0: <laughs> give me some bullshit. I don't I just, I just. don't want Drew Locke news.
1: <laughs> I think it was, it's always nice – I like the questions when they're trying to figure out kind of how they're using guys um, – where they're going to play different people, what positions they're playing them at right now, or which ones they're teaching them, because that gives you a little insight as to where they're going with the offense or the defense, knowing how many tight ends he's going to use and how, how, how he'd like to use them for which roles I think could be really uh, intriguing. All these questions about, are you a mentor? Are you a leader? They just set these players up for saying something that will be, a clickbait headline somewhere because they're not really questions they're prepared to answer or they even have thought about. And I thought Joe Flacco actually handled it really well. He's like, my job is to win games. So I'm out here trying to figure out how to do my job, which is how to play this position, how to learn this offense, who I'm going to throw it to, when I'm supposed to throw it to them and working on my chemistry with all these new players. Like, (laughs) That's what they're doing right now. He's not out there trying to coach up the guy that just joined the team
2: three days ago. They talk about mentorship, like as though like he's taking them fishing and bowling and, like, you know, teaching them how to talk to the girls. Like, <laughs> right? You know, like,
1: like, what does that mean? Like, it's because they just don't have a good question to ask. The definition of mentor is a trained advisor. These guys aren't trained to do that, they're not coaches, they're not teachers, but obviously their personality may lend itself to that kind of relationship with their teammates especially a veteran will tend to be a little bit more like that but just because it's still not his role to go in there and teach or advise or train his role is to learn what he's doing and as he said and coach Fangio said it's really on the younger guys to absorb that and and allow that mentoring to happen by way of example, you know, by watching and listening and learning and paying attention to the details. Brock Osweiler, for all the jokes he's worth, he kept saying when he came in for Peyton Manning for that wonderful Super Bowl year, he had not been wasting his time. He had been paying attention and listening and doing everything he could to follow Peyton Manning's example. But Peyton Manning wasn't mentoring Brock Osweiler. Peyton was studying film and working with the players and figuring out <laughs> what he needed to do and was just trying to be the kind of player that Brock could learn from. And that's when we talk about mentoring in the NFL, I think that's really what is happening, but to expect them to like assume that's their job and their role is just it's ludicrous. Yeah. So there.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna take this time, okay. And I just want y'all to know I, I've been here since uh, 2011, and if you guys need anything, you don't <laughs> need to ask because I am available. My mentorship door is swinging <laughs> wide open for all who want to come. I will. I will teach. I will. I will take you by the hand, and we will do this together. <laughs> Awesome. Except for you, Tim. You have to hold hold my hand because you've been here
0: longer. Sink or swim. (laughs) Fuck you! Oh, good. You found
2: our friend. I did. I needed it earlier. Yeah. And I found it. Yeah.
1: I think it's exciting to listen to the players talk about the coaches, too, because I think they genuinely seem to really like the coaches. Every time they're asked, it's not like they just say... Yeah, it's a good coach. I like the scheme. I mean, they seem genuinely enthusiastic about Scandrello, about Munchak. It sounds really, really good to hear them talk about the coaches. Like, you know, these guys are great. I can't wait to play in their offense or play in their defense or play on this team.
2: Now, is that different than what it was under Vance Joseph? Like, now are we falling for it again? Like, is it? No, we this we narrative?
0: wore no, 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 no. We wore t-shirts. Remember, we had the t-shirt it said accountability, it said endurance, you know, strength. But you, you everybody had a different t-shirt every practice. Remember that? I yeah.
2: Remember. Well, the, so, so they were excited about the t-shirts, and not so much about... Speaking of, get your Mile High Report t-shirts
0: online now. I got my Orange Rush. That's a good uh, one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that one. But I do think with, with Vance Joseph... There's always a, yeah, I really like, I like him. I think they talked a lot about liking him, not so much about the scheme. I do remember them doing that with Kubiak, especially Wade Phillips, and being really excited about the defensive scheme and how it was going to have, they were going to be aggressive and they're going to be flying around and, and they would talk about that in training camp and that's exactly what they did and that defense was amazing.
0: And yeah. there were
2: also some great T-shirts. Remember the iron sharpen iron yeah. T-shirts they had under Kubiak. So Tim, don't knock the T-shirts now. Like,
0: it's the well. It, it that was a motto of, to a Super Bowl, man. That's 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 a great motto. I'll be your iron, Jess. You. Be I mine. don't think, think it's so bad to other.
1: have a a mantra <laughs> that you put on a T-shirt. Anything you do to bring you know bring guys together, remind them what your what your mission is. I think. People get behind that. It has more to do with who is the one suggesting it and doing it than it is the actual act itself.
2: Do they wear the T-shirt because they have to or do they wear the T-shirt because they believe what's being taught?
1: Well, (laughs) I think it's whether they even wear it or not. It's more do they believe what Vance Joseph is selling them or or is it just another T-shirt with a say and they're like, ah, whatever. Chris Harris Jr.? Do we want to just touch on that? My thing about the Chris Harris Jr. situation is both of these sides kind of screwed this up for themselves. John Elway lowballs a great player, which I think is so unfortunate and also so maddening that he tends to do this. But at the same time, Chris Harris Jr. needs to fire his agent because that agent, I think, is the one... Really souring in this relationship with the Broncos, to come out two days before the draft with some bullshit ultimatum like pay me fifteen million or trade me,
0: and have your agent scream get in a screaming match with, with your boss. John Elway. Like, what the hell, dude? Yeah,
1: do? like, and the agent, I guarantee, the agent is feeding Chris Harris Jr. a bunch of conceited bullshit because he wants more money too. You know. Chris Harris Jr. gets paid more. The Asian gets paid more. $15 million When you are 25 and a pro bowler, sure, you know, Von Miller. But when you are almost 30 and a pro bowler, you still, you're, you're not, you're not going to get top of the market because they know that your ceiling is, a, is about to be hit. It's just a fact of life. Because, by the way, I pulled a hammy today running with my kids.
2: Oh no, that, that's that's you're going to be out six to eight weeks with that.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to go to Colorado cryotherapy, and I'll be back on the field in a week. <laughs> I just feel like that was a stupid way to go about demanding more money. It's looking like both want to be stubborn, and that probably ends
2: badly. Just to counter what Lori said, uh, to tell tell uh, she's totally wrong. <laughs> um uh no um well th- th- this is my two cents um in, in a former life I used to um uh, work in business affairs at uh ABC and I would work with contracts and agents and all sorts of of crazy uh things and so the- in in my time in my brief time working there um I will say this uh the client and the agent are always working in tandem the the the, a, the agent never does anything that the client does not agree with um, and so to say that you know this is the agent you know going off the reservation or going off the rails and, and working outside of the norm that that we all expect um, might be giving too much credit to Chris Harris
1: I don't think he's going off the reservation and doing something without Chris Harris but I think he is I think he's advising Chris Harris poorly that this is a good way to go. That That's
2: very possible. That's, that is very possible. Um, the other thing is that there is no right or wrong way to do a, a negotiation. A negotiation is its own living, breathing thing. And the end result is, is, is the validation of that negotiation. And so if Chris Harris does indeed end up getting 15 million a year or close to it, then everything that the agent did to get to that point was warranted because he did in the end what was best for his client. Now, as Bronco fans, we think that what's best for his client is for him to stay in Denver because we all love him very dearly and we would be very, very happy (laughs) if he left. Um, And so that's why we're very emotionally invested in this whole thing, but to the agent, to Chris Harris's agent, he he just wants to get the most amount of money for his client because his client has advised him that I want the most amount of money because I am entering my 30s and I do need this money, and so um, you know it's all a means to an end. And it, yeah, it's it's not ideal that he got into a screaming match with John Elway. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I if I was in This negotiation, uh, that would not be a wise move um, because when you inject emotions into uh, such things, it it, make, it clouds things. It makes it a lot harder. Um, however, um, I I just I, I I think that this agent and Chris Harris are a lot closer uh, in belief to, to uh, with what they're doing than what a lot and and you know we're in the Slack chat room at Mile High report and. There, there is some thoughts that, oh, well, what's this agent doing? What's this agent doing? It's, it's not just the agent. It's, it's both of them together. And so um, we, we can't lose sight of that. And, you know, he does. He wants the most amount of money. And if he has to end up going to Philly or Houston, like uh, Benjamin Albright uh, posited earlier today in his tweets, and they pay him, then God love. Like, that's where he's going to go. And that sucks
0: for us as Bronco fans. But that's, you know, that's it.
1: Would you pay yeah. him $15 million, either of you?
0: Well, here's the thing. If you come to a negotiation saying this is what I want and you never intended to negotiate down, I mean, then you obviously want out. So, you know, the whole point of negotiating is to find a middle number. And Von Miller said it best. He, this was his exact quote when he asked about, you know, taking it personally. He said, whenever you talk about money and contracts, I think it's both sides. It's not just the player. I think it gets. It's the guys in the front office that take it personally too. They want to get a great deal done and have a solid deal too. And I think both sides take it personally. If you focus on business and it's all about business, it's easy to get done. It either gets done or you move on. That's, that's the business side of So yeah. it's both sides are taking it personally and neither side is – somebody's got to budge or it's not ever going to come to a meeting halfway point. And if Chris Harris Jr.'s agent – is never going to come down from 15 million a year. He's going to cost his client a lot of money because the Broncos are going to trade him and the next team isn't going to give him 15 million a year. Just ask Elvis Dumerville. He'll tell you all about it.
1: (laughs) Ask Brock Osweiler. I mean, he negotiated a great deal, went somewhere else, but that ended quickly and now he's getting nothing nowhere.
2: So Chris Harris, we love you. Stay with the Denver Broncos. We want you to be a Bronco forever retire, ring of fame, the whole thing. Fireworks. We'll do fireworks for you. You deserve it. Um, but please stay with us. Um, and don't yell at John away.
1: (laughs) Awesome. All right. I think it's, I think it's time for the mystery question.
2: All right. What is your uh, mystery question?
1: My mystery question does not have an answer that we know of, but we'll see if we tweet Von Miller and find out. So, Vaughn Miller was the director of fun at the Kentucky Derby a week ago, and he he loves to go to the Kentucky Derby. He also put money on maximum security, which if you know any of the story, maximum security won, but then there was a protest that the, that the horse had actually had run into another horse and caused all kinds of problems, and so they protested and maximum security was then disqualified. So
2: long story short, they put the horse down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of drug did they use? No.
2: So no, that's fair. So right, Von ahead. Miller
1: I, had put money down on maximum security and he was at the window apparently ready to collect thinking that maximum security had won and only to find out that he'd been disqualified and was so bummed and was like oh, what 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 do you mean and apparently you can if you keep your ticket somehow you can get some money back because it the the horse was disqualified either that's a rule or it's just because it's von miller and they didn't want to upset him either way my question is how much money do you think von miller put down on maximum
2: security to win can we use like qualifiers like would we say it's like <laughs> more or less than um, like case keenum's like game check for like one game. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, well, well, no, what was his game check? Well, it hopefully it wasn't that much cuz 2 million decided. a game. It wasn't. If it was performance based, he's paying the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Take that case keenum.
1: <laughs> All right. No. Jess you're down for half a
2: million uh, I'm gonna say Vaughn is a very savvy fellow I, I don't see him blinging it up uh, I, I'm gonna say it, it it was it was probably a very gentlemanly bet I bet it was maybe just a couple hundred bucks get a little action just for the, the excitement of it but you know I, he doesn't strike me as like Floyd Mayweather like dropping millions on Things, you know, so that that's my impression. Maybe a couple hundred bucks. No
0: more than five hundred, I would say. All right. Well, considering he grabbed what's his name's ticket to It was the Titans
1: head coach who dropped his ticket and didn't want to keep it.
0: (laughs) That tells me maybe he didn't put as much money down as he had hoped. So I'm gonna say (laughs) twenty five bucks. (laughs) He's like, damn, I could have won way more. Give me that ticket. (laughs) Twenty five bucks. I don't this know, that's is the Kentucky Derby.
1: What do high rollers actually bet?
0: I have no idea.
1: I mean, I'm going to go with $10,000. fawn has got money. You think he's not going to... Yeah, but
2: but he's got money because he is smart. He's a smart...
1: No, he's got money because he can kick the crap out of a quarterback.
2: <laughs> Let's transition this. Okay, well, this will be a long-term mystery question. Who goes bankrupt first? <laughs> Sam Newton... Or Von Miller?
1: Oh, Cam Newton. He keeps buying all his <laughs> stupid clothes. He's
0: already. I don't know. Already, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna base that off what he actually bet. If it's 10 G's, I'm gonna say. Von Miller.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 10 G's. Come on. I mean, if you are making Boy, how much money does know. he make a year in his salary?
0: I, if I was making as much as he was making, I would have put twenty five bucks down. It's a freaking horse race. What do yeah, I know about exactly, horse racing? Yeah, yeah but yeah. If you well, win. It,
1: the, you know, and let's be honest, makes way
2: more from that Old Spice sponsorship than he does from the Denver Broncos. Anyway, like I mean, they I see that commercial all the.
1: Yeah, but when you have that much money, lose. If he lost ten thousand dollars, it's nothing. But if he. It's Von Miller. You and I. It's you know like I don't know. It's three months' rent. <laughs> it's
2: like yeah. yeah but, like but you hear about these these guys who these, these these sports millionaires that go to Denny's or whatever, and then they stiff the waiter, and you know it, it's one of those things. It's like yeah, he has all that money, but he didn't grow up with all that money, and you know money is. Money is money, man. Like you can't be dropping ten G's here and twenty G's there. I mean, he's
0: got a chicken farm. I don't know.
2: I I don't think. I'm, I I again. I, I stick five hundred dollars or less.
0: I'm down with that because I'm at twenty five bucks. You've been listening to Something Something Broncos,
2: a feature of MileHighReport.com with laurie Lanimore, Just Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com. A correction on the reporting of the foul: both teams were on the both up, both fouls were on the kicking team. Tim, what are you seeing at OTAs?
0: I'm not seeing much, Jess. <laughs> All I right, in well, California.
2: something Broncos. Uh, Thank you for coming in. I'm Jeff Place. we Latimore Volk. And as, a, as always, a very loquacious. Talent. No. I'm not seeing
1: much. <laughs> I don't care. It's just the beginning. We're just doing some stuff. Let's move on.
0: Okay. You had four
2: quotes from Scandarello. Is that I can I
0: can redo the No, clip. no. I have four quotes from Joe <laughs> Flacco. <laughs> All (laughs) right. Good night.
1: Good night everybody. Good night everybody.